Brandon Lowe's our guest to Fox Sports Charleston, 9.50 a.m. We're also on that channel as well. Our show airs there on Fridays. So, uh, Brandon, you know, you mentioned his ties to Kentucky. We've talked about that. And you also said that, hey, the West Virginia pipeline runs through Florida. Then you get to Ohio, Pennsylvania, Maryland, New Jersey. That's why I thought Luke Fickle was the guy. Now, I don't know. You know, you may have insight on this. I don't know if Luke Fickle didn't want the job. He's an Ohio guy through and through. But he recruits that state. He knows that state very well. Um, so, so how do you see Neil Brown tailoring this recruiting process? Does he understand what that pipeline has been at West Virginia? Will he go that road or will he try the Dana Holgerson approach of basically recruiting what he knows and molding the program to, uh, you know, basically to his liking? My understanding to kind of answer the first part of what you said, uh, Luke Fickle, uh, you know, Gordon uh, Gee, President Gee up there, at West Virginia, of course, uh, previously at Ohio State, Luke Fickle, of course, mm-hmm. defensive coordinator at Ohio State, played at Ohio State, was an Ohio guy, as you mentioned, successful there with the Buckeyes, and uh, now has the job in Cincinnati, so still in the state of Ohio there, and doing a tremendous job, won the bowl game, won uh, several, what are you, 10, 11 games this year. Yep. Um, so I think Luke Fickle was more of Gee's guy. I think that Shane Lyons' guy was Neil Brown coming out of Troy, Alabama. We know that Shane Lyons has ties to Alabama. Uh, previously to coming back to West Virginia, his home state. So um, I think both guys had their guy. I think it was down to President Gee. I think he would have picked uh, Luke Fickle. But my understanding, what I heard, was that Gee said, hey, it's up to you, Shane Lyons. This is up to you to make the hire. You pick your coach. And uh, ultimately, uh, Neil Brown uh, was selected by Shane Lyons. Uh, As far as Neil Brown understanding recruiting and research and, and the pipeline compared to someone like Luke Fickle, it's going to take Neil Brown some time as any coach whenever you move to any type of school or area to understand where you're going to go and, and the guys that you get. But my understanding is he's hitting it hard already, and uh, he's ready to get this thing rolling. But, um, you know, we're just it's kind of a wait-and-see kind of process with Neil Brown. I do under, I, When he met with Don Nealon, uh, that, that was on Twitter, uh, it, the first thing he said, you know, was the things that you did here were tremendous. And I researched you guys, you know, this university for – a while after I kind of got a, an offer extended to me to kind of understand the culture of West Virginia and kind of the ins and outs. So I thought that was pretty impressive uh, by Neil Brown to already be doing his research, and he's kind of ahead of the game. So it's kind of a wait and see, but I, I definitely have a lot of confidence in Neil Brown understanding the recruiting. All right, so let's uh, let's now look ahead. Will Greer's gone. Gary Jennings gone. Uh, David Long gone. You know, there, there's some big names that are not going to be here next year on a team that uh, went eight and four what are your what are fair expectations for Neil Brown heading in the next year, especially with a Big 12 that appears to be getting better and deeper by the year? I don't think that as a fan you should expect him to come out and win eight, nine, ten games. That's certainly not. Uh, I don't think. I mean, if he does that, it would be tremendous, but expectations should certainly. And I never say. I, I hate when I say, like, fans should expect like a a horrible season or you know don't expect much I always thought that was kind of a bad thing to say about a new coach coming into a program but I certainly think this is a team that can still make a bowl game now it's funny me I I say that because there's 2,000 bowl games and it seems like you can win three games now and get in a bowl game but I will say that uh, I do think they get in a bowl game uh I don't get six wins so they get to the 500 mark yeah 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 I think like maybe six wins uh, I think that's doable, especially, you know, the non-conference portion of their schedule. You do have to go at Missouri. You're playing NC State at home. Uh, you got a stinker, I think, in the first game. So, I mean, you could win three games right there uh, mm-hmm. and, and then win three conference games and, and make a bowl. So, I mean, 
I think that should be your expectations of this, uh, this new staff and this new head uh, coach coming in. And then you'll see improvement as they get full recruiting classes. And you really see what Neil Brown does, uh, you know, with his guys and his guys that he's recruited. So it's going to be a process. I mean, that's why they signed him to six years mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, they want this guy to basically build up something in his own uh, era and, and basically interested to see what, what he does as far as building his team. And he's got experience in the Big 12. I mean, let's not forget that. He, he, he you know, famously called the Texas Tech plays when they knocked off West Virginia in 2012 when they mm-hmm. were 5-0. and uh, Not to bring up a, a, you know, a nice <laughs> sort <thing>. subject there. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, let's let's be honest, Brandon. You know that that non-conference, NC State, Missouri. I mean, those are walkover teams. They they could easily. Yeah. I don't know what those programs have coming back, but they're good programs. And you know, yeah. West Virginia could easily be one and two after those games. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, at Missouri is a tough one. I know Drew Locke's probably he's not going to be. I don't know. No, he's he's, he's off to the NFL. Yeah, he's off to the NFL. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, Drew Locke's not going to be. I mean, it'd be interesting to see there. That's not. I mean, it's SEC. It's tough. Yeah, but. Uh, NC State coming. I like I like NC State coming to uh, to Morgantown. I would have liked to see them obviously play this year, but yeah. um, you know they don't have their quarterback either. So uh, it'll be interesting because yeah. West Virginia have a new quarterback. So there's kind of some question marks in those in those two games. But I get what you're saying. They're definitely going to be some tough contests. No, absolutely. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a tricky start to the season for Neil Brown. A tricky start to his tenure. So uh, let's look long term. You know, I've I've asked this. I've thought about this a lot lately. What is the ceiling? for West Virginia in the Big 12. Forget the Big East days. They're never going to be the dominant team in the conference. I mean, I think that's okay. You're better off being in the Big 12 than, you know, running all over the Big East. What's the uh, realistic ceiling for for West Virginia Mountaineers football? Well, when I get asked this question, you mentioned the Big East. What this reminds me of, and I said this when I moved to the Big 12, is that this basically is like we hit the reset button back to the Big East when you had Miami and Boston College and Syracuse and Virginia Tech when they were powerhouse schools Mm -hmm. at West Virginia when they were lucky enough to have the right roster get 10 wins and maybe get a share of the Big East Conference Championship. I mean, West Virginia, I think, if I'm remembering this correctly, has six Big East championships, and they were in the league for a while before, obviously, they were independent, but um, it kind of takes you back to those days because everybody remembers like Pat White and Steve Slayton and those guys running through the Big East when you know those teams were gone and you know your big game of the you know the year was Louisville and South Florida. Mm-hmm. I mean uh, Louisville had a good program, but um, that's kind of what the Big East became and and eventually sunk uh, and became just a basketball conference again. So I, I think it's basically hitting a reset of like the old Big East days where if you could get nine wins and ten wins is great. Uh, you know, if you're playing consistently near the top of the conference and you're putting yourself like this year uh, as far as your name and contention for a Big 12 championship, uh, I think that's great. Uh, I think fans sometimes are a little too over the top with expectations, and I, that's, that's just how I, I – I'm realistic, Pete. Yep, I yep. mean, when I, when I think of West Virginia and the Big 12 um, and the history of the Big 12 and having teams like Texas and Oklahoma – um, in your conference, and we've seen what Oklahoma's done, it's hard to sit here and say, hey, every year West Virginia should be Big 12 champions and they should be playing in the playoffs. Because if you're saying that as a fan, well, you're probably going to be disappointed every single year then. Yep, uh, that's a no, uh, total truth to that. He's Brandon Lowe, Brandon Lowe Show. Catch it Monday through Friday, 5 o'clock Eastern on uh, Fox Sports Charleston, 9.50 a.m. Brandon, always good to have you on, chat some Mountaineers, and we'll do it again soon. Yeah, Pete, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me.
Great insight from Brandon Lowe. We appreciate a few minutes out of him. And please do, if you want that koozie, rate, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. And I will get the koozie in the mail for you. We've been giving them away for the last bunch of months. They've been a big hit. They keep the beer cold, and uh, it's all good. All right, guys, we'll talk to you soon. Have a great day. Hey, guys, Pete Mundo, HeartlandCollegeSports.com. We appreciate you downloading this week's show. Please do rate, review, subscribe to the uh, podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. I'll get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie. All you need to do is rate, review, subscribe. Send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo. That's M-U-N-D-O at HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Appreciate it, guys. Enjoy the show, and we'll talk to you soon. Well, let's talk about the team that's made the most noise in the Big 12 over the past week, and that's none other than the West Virginia Mountaineers. What a busy couple of weeks here in Morgantown. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly. Let's welcome in a guy uh, who is familiar to our audience. He is Brandon Lowe, the host of the Brandon Lowe Show on Fox Sports Charleston, 950 a.m. there in West Virginia. That's Monday through Friday at 5 o'clock Eastern time. Our show also airs on the channel on Friday, so we appreciate him carrying that. Uh, Brandon, let's start off with the reaction. You know, we come off that disappointing Camping World Bowl about a week and a half, two weeks ago for the Mountaineers, and then we start hearing rumors that eh, maybe Dana Holgerson's on his way out to Houston. How has the fan base responded to Dana Holgerson leaving town? I think initially there was a little bit of shock just based off the fact that what you were hearing from Morgantown and some of the tweets from the from the players themselves that he basically didn't even tell them or inform them that he was going to leave West Virginia. What I was listening to, he appeared on Doug Gottlieb and Jim Rome recently, that he wasn't even necessarily looking at a job. This this opportunity came upon, you know, guaranteed money like that, that type of contract at Houston. You know, he's got a little bit more money. Uh, he can reset himself or kind of reinvent himself as a head football coach and go to Houston, win a couple games, you know, win some ball games and, you know, eventually maybe go back to Power 5. He's getting paid <laughs> pretty well. And, uh, you know, that Houston's one of those uh, those programs in a group of five that's certainly at the top. Um, but, yeah, I mean, fan reaction was a little shock. Of course, there was uh, some of those fans that uh, took the, a little angry route on mm-hmm. some of the social media. But you're going to have that. And then uh, the good news surfaced with Neil Brown. And everybody seemed to be, uh, you know, kind of past the whole Dana Holgerson thing. But for the most part, people thank Dan Holgerson for his tenure at West Virginia, and and right now I think uh, the Mountaineer fans are certainly happy with the new hire, Neil Brown. Well, it's been a, it's been a rough couple of years. You know, last year ended on a sour note when Will Greer went down against Texas. This year, eight and four, uh, certainly not the season that a lot of fans expected. So uh, what do you think went wrong for Dana Holgerson these past couple of years uh, when you look back on it, Brandon? I mean, I think the last two years, certainly when he decided to become more of the CEO role and he was coaching special teams and he was concentrating more on being a head coach and Coach Spav comes over, obviously the interest in having Will Greer at quarterback is a reason why Coach Spav at all even took the job in the first place. He was making some of the lowest money in the country as an offensive coordinator. He was making something like $500,000 a year just to uh, basically produce one of the top offenses in the country. So, um, you know, Holgerson put a lot of trust in Coach Spav. I think for overall, I thought he did a good job. I think, honestly, I always point to Tony Gibson. I mean, and obviously there's a question with Tony Gibson's future with this new uh, head coach coming in. 
Um, but I just thought that Tony Gibson wasn't held under the fire, so to speak, very often. And I think it's just because he's a West Virginia guy. But for the most part, that just goes back to Dan Holgerson. One, didn't develop players probably as good as he should. And two, maybe he just didn't have the grasp of being a head coach just, you know, down just yet. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting when he takes that over to Houston. I think he's only going to get better as a head coach with experience. But, yeah, I mean, I think the downfall is the fact that this staff was on the same page in some sense. But as far as developing players and teaching these players to overcome adversity, I think that's one of the kind of the failures in Dan Holgerson uh, era. Uh, Brandon Lowe is our guest. Brandon Lowe show every day, Monday through Friday, 5 o'clock Eastern time on Fox Sports Charleston, 9.50 a.m. They also carry our show here, Heartland College Sports Weekly. Uh, Brandon, you know, you mentioned inability to develop. What about inability to recruit? It, it just seemed like this team was, you know, I, I know we don't want to live and die by recruiting rankings. People are going to say, oh, well, what about this two-star guy, this three-star guy? Okay, we all know those guys are out there. But still, there's a reason that Alabama and Clemson are playing for the national championship every year. Uh, it didn't seem like he had a great grasp of the recruiting trail and trying to get guys to Morgantown. Why do you think that is? I think at first he he definitely struggled because when we first went over to the Big 12 Conference, you know, he felt like he had to really recruit Big 12 country. You know, the first state he would go after was Texas, and he started to learn that basically the recruiting pipeline uh, up in Morgantown ran through Florida first. That Mm -hmm. was developed through Doc Holliday in in those days. Um, But, you know, the Florida pipeline, and then you look at Ohio, Pennsylvania, Maryland, those were the areas, the hot spots, New Jersey, that West Virginia historically went after. So it was really a struggle for Dana Holgerson in the first place to even understand how the recruiting map even works up in Morgantown, um, you know, with his, most of his, his experience over there in, the, you know, the Lone Star State. So I think that was the first thing. And then I think he did kind of grasp it. I think he leaned a little too much on the junior college, uh, which a lot yeah. of colleges are doing now. Um, but he, he seemed to lean just a little too much on the ju- junior college ranks instead of going after some maybe some other prospects, you know, in those areas that I mentioned. But, you know, it is hard to recruit kids at Morgantown. Has it gotten easier from the Big East days? The Big 12, sure, you got a Big 12 brand that you can sell. Hey, you're going to play in Austin. Hey, you may play in Norman. Uh, you know, that's, that's also a selling point, uh, point for uh, uh, West Virginia now. But uh, it's going to be interesting in how Neil Brown also settles into that role. But, you know, Dana Holgerson, for the most part, if I was going to give him a recruiting you know, grade, um, from my perspective, you could probably say maybe a C plus, and mm-hmm. maybe I'm being a little nice in some classes, but yeah, I think you're right. I think there were some instances where he probably could have landed a couple more players in certain positions and need instead of going after that coveted quarterback in some type of transfer or uh, junior college ranks. So let's talk about now uh, Neil Brown and and start with that recruiting scene. You know, Neil Brown obviously been at Troy, doesn't necessarily have the ties. He's a Kentucky guy, not necessarily the ties to, to Morgantown or West Virginia, but I know a lot of guys don't have that. They don't need that to win. Uh, but, but what do you want to see from him off the bat when it comes to recruiting? And what is the, what's the report on Neil Brown on the recruiting side? Well, I mean, last night uh, on Twitter, on uh, West Virginia's football Twitter page, actually had, uh, snapped a photo of Neil Brown on the phone during the national championship. It was seen there in the background on the TV in his new uh, spanking new nice office there up in Morgantown. And I, what, I, what my understanding is and what I'm even hearing from, you know, other guys that uh, we, uh, I work with, you know, W Nation guys, that there's plenty of guys uh, that have been recruited by this Holgerson, uh, you know, staff and Dana Orson himself that, they're still committed to playing at West Virginia. I haven't really heard too many guys kind of back off 
Um, maybe at first you saw some kids say, hey, I might you know, open myself up to other offers when Dana Orgerson decided to leave in the first place. But what I'm hearing right now, Neil Brown and his staff and guys that are recruiting for him are doing a tremendous job of you know, keeping the recruiting class in, in place and then going after some other kids. And you mentioned his Kentucky ties, and you know he had some time there at Kentucky. Uh, he's already recruiting actively uh, some kids in that area to play for West Virginia, which is kind of a first. There's not a lot of guys, uh, in my recollection, that played for, from Kentucky in those high school ranks. So it's going to be kind of interesting. It's maybe opening uh, a different pipeline for West Virginia football.